Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We've been here about 22 years now, which is pretty terrific. And this program is about really sharing how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and making your dreams come true. And we always have on amazing guests that are doing just that. Today is no exception. We're talking about sales. You know, we're always selling, whether we're in a sales position or we're a parent, um, whoever we are, when we're engaging with someone, we are getting their attention and we are sharing something with them, which is also often influencing them and selling to them. My guest is Alan Langer. He's an award-winning author, sales trainer, keynote speaker, and podcast host who has close to three decades experience in the world of sales, content marketing, consumer influence, and what he calls the art of inherent human behavior. His book, The Seven Secrets to Selling More by Selling Less, is a national award-winning best-selling book on Amazon, and he's been featured and interviewed on over 100 podcasts and radio shows. His company is the Seven Secret Center for Sales and Marketing, and he helps businesses of all sizes, as well as individual professionals, to increase their sales significantly by training important topics such as the art of psychology, of pricing, body language and sales, the art of writing proposals, and so much more. Welcome, Alan. Patricia, thank you very much. It sounds like <laughs> someone I know wrote that. <laughs> yeah, and it's great. Thank you. And, uh, Pleasure yeah, to be here. Yeah, it's really great to have you on. You know, I know what an incredible, um, and I hate to use the word salesperson because when I say salesperson, it sounds like you're just, you know, like a vacuum cleaner salesman, but an incredible <laughs> influencer you are. And I think my first question is around the title of your book, Seven Secrets to Selling More by Selling Less. What does that mean? Well, when I actually started to get good in sales is actually when I stopped worrying about selling. Hmm. Because, and what I mean by that is, if you're a salesperson or a business owner and you go into an appointment or you're meeting with a prospect and all you're thinking about is, I need to make this sale today to hit my numbers or to hit my bonus or I, I, I really right. need to, to, to sell this. Um, you're basically just like a typical salesperson that they're ready, that they're expecting. Your, your, your whole mindset is about yourself. When I shifted that and I'm like, when I meet with someone, I'm not going to care whether or not I sell them my product or my service. If this conversation and whatever happens, happens, if it turns into a sale, great. If it doesn't, if I leave them in a good place, I give them good information and they're, and they're happy with me and, and happy with our interaction. I'm going to be happy with that. And I got rid of, I need to make this sale. And miraculously, I started selling a lot more. So the concept of the book, you need to sell less psychologically to actually sell more. Well, and it also goes along with the story that I just saw that you did on YouTube, which I loved, and I'll share in a minute. But it also goes along with the concept of how the other person feels, right? It's not how you right. feel, it's how they feel. And you told the greatest story that I loved about the, the woman who was proposed by, by two men. And she just couldn't yes. decide, and her grandmother gave her the wisdom. So go, go ahead and share the rest of that. But I think that's a very important point about how you feel as the recipient, not how you feel as the giver. Yeah, so, there was, so the, the story is, is a good one. I tell it quite often, and it's about a, a, a woman named Debbie, and she's in love with two men. We'll call them, let's say, Joe and Peter. And one weekend, Joe takes her out to dinner on a Friday night, and they go to a fancy restaurant, and and he takes out a, a velvet black box and gets on his knee, and he asks Debbie to marry him. And she's like, oh, my God, Joe, I don't know what to do. And she's like, because, you know, she's also in love with Peter. So she says she needs to think about it. Well, the next night, Peter takes her out, and they go to another fancy restaurant, and he also takes out a box, and he gets on his knee, and he asks Debbie to marry him. 
So she's freaking out. She tells Peter she has to think about it. She doesn't know what to do. So she has two men who, who basically have, have proposed to her. And she loves both of them. So she goes to her grandmother, who always was the one that she went to for advice. And she's like, Grandma, I don't know what to do. I, I'm in love with two men. They both want to marry me. I don't know what to do. And, and she said, that's very easy to figure out. She says, I want you to go in the other room and just think about it and close your eyes because I, ha- I guarantee you're going you're gonna to come to the thought that I'm thinking of right now. So she goes in the other room and what she realizes, her, her, she, she gets the epiphany and she goes, Grandma, Grandma, I know who I'm going to marry. And she goes, who is it? Is it Peter? Because she really knew that she liked Peter. She goes, no, it's not. She goes, it's Joe. She said, well, why did you make that decision? She goes, you know what? Peter is an amazing man. He goes, she goes, every time I'm with him, I feel like he's the most amazing man in the world. Mm. He just he just comes across as the most amazing guy. She goes, well, why wouldn't you want to marry him? She goes, because when I'm with Joe, he makes me feel like I'm the most amazing person in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's how you want to make your customers feel. Like, it's not about you and how you could be the greatest salesperson in the world. You want to make your customer feel like they're the greatest customer in the world. Right. And the other thing, too, Alan, is the long-term effect of that, even if they don't buy the product or the service, but you've given Mm -hmm. them, you know, you've cared about them and you've shown interest in them, they're going to remember that. Well, if I may, I'll share you another story that's exactly what you're talking about. So I used to sell high-end Anderson windows. That's where I spent a, a, a lot of time in my career. And I, I, when I would train reps later on my career, I would always say to them, sometimes the best customer or the best sale you make is a sale that you don't make. And they never understood what I meant by that. So I would tell them this story. So one time I went to a, a house and there were two older sisters living in the house. They were both in their 70s and they had been living together for many years. Both of their husbands had passed. And they took me to the back of the house and they had this bay window and they said, we need a new bay window. And I looked at the bay window, and those things, bay windows are ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. And they didn't really need one. They needed some new weather stripping. But they're in their 70s. The window was fine. Why should I try to sell them a $15,000 window when they didn't need one? Mm-hmm. So I told them they didn't need a window, and I fixed the weather stripping for them. And they were so grateful. They were like, oh, this is amazing. So as I was leaving, they had this old metal storm door. We've all seen them, right? This mm-hmm. 1950s. <laughs> dinosaur of a storm door, barely hanging on their house. It barely opened. And as I was leaving, they commented on it. She goes, oh, we hate that. They apologize for this door. We hate this door. We can't get anyone to fix it. So I looked at it, and I'm pretty handy. So I went in my truck. I got some tools. I tightened up some of the hinges, and I got some WD-40, and the door started opening and closing like it was brand new. And it was like I gave them $10,000. They mm-hmm. were so excited that this door that they went in and out of every day was now working. Mm-hmm. So I leave. I feel good about myself. I didn't try to sell them a window. I fixed their door. Six months later, Patricia, I get a call out of the blue. Yeah. This guy's name, say, what his name was, my name is, is, is Henry. You were at my mother and my aunt's house six months wow. ago. Wow. Wow. And they still talk about you every time we get together with them for dinner. Wow. Mm. They were so excited about what you did, and they're cute. They still talk about how well their door works. He goes, I actually need some windows. So wow. would you come to my house? Wow. And I went to his house, and Patricia, it was the second largest order I ever had in my 15 I was just going to say, I bet it was a huge order. Isn't that something? It was huh? over a $100,000 order, and it came because I didn't make a sale. Wow, what they a leave story. your impact in the world that way, and, yeah. and, and things come back to yeah. you. Yeah. Well, we have four minutes left. I have a story, not as dramatic as that, but, but for me it really was. <laughs> it was very, very similar. So, I mean, you know when you're in sales, there are times when it's dry, and you're worried, right? And you're, like, concerned. And I was wringing my hands yeah. a little bit. And I was like, oh, you know, something's got to happen. And, I, you know, I work with some people who are very encouraging and, The next day after I had talked about it and done a little prayer about it, I get this call like out of the blue from this woman in California. And she says, I need coaching. And she said, and immediately she signs up with me, like within 15 minutes, pays me on the spot. This is over the phone. I said, who referred you? She said, well, Joan Jones referred me. I'm saying to myself, who is this woman who referred me? From four years ago, I interviewed her on my show. She remembered what I did and referred this woman to me who just called me. Wow. I, I mean, four years yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, at least at least three years later. So, and then I called the other woman. I said, this is amazing what you did. Thank you so much. And then we started a relationship, so I may work with her too. But it was just out of the blue. And uh, you just don't know. As you said, you don't know the impact you have on people. You don't. And Maya Angelou got it right. You know, people will never remember what you said or what you did. They'll always remember how you made them feel. And that's whether you make them feel good or bad. And I interviewed her twice on my show. I was very fortunate. And I, it was amazing. Oh, good for you. Very, very much yeah. like what you said. She just makes you feel <laughs> like you're amazing. And uh, yeah. just very special. <laughs> very special individual. No anger, just love in her heart which you don't see that much, so it was, was beautiful. Well, this is wonderful. What we're going to talk about next is more about when you are sharing with someone and you're an influencer, and because not everybody listening to this, Alan, is in sales, right? But we're all influencing. Mm -hmm. We all need things at times. Yeah. So how do we ask those questions? How do we get what we need and be an influencer with our body language? We don't realize what our body language is, and you're really an expert in talking about that. So we're going to talk about how do you make the sale, if you will, or get what you need or influence the situation or the person through body language. That's what we're going to talk about next. Sounds so, good. Alan, how can people find you and find your book? Well, my book, if uh, if you just type in the seven secrets to selling, it should come up at that point. Um, or just type in my name, Alan Langer, L-A-N-G-E-R on Amazon. Um, if you want all of my links, I actually just go to allanger.com, A-L-L-A-N-G-E-R.com. Okay, perfect. Thank you. All right, everyone, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking to Alan Langer, who is an award-winning author, sales trainer, keynote speaker, and podcast host. And his book is The Seven Secrets to Selling More by Selling Lust. We're going to talk about body language next. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's time to get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson, the Midlife Whisperer. Your midlife roadmap is the blueprint you need to roll with change, transform yourself, and create a fabulous second adulthood. Get answers and solutions for whatever you're up against and transform problems into opportunities. Make your next life chapter your best chapter with Rock Your Midlife every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think of the world. 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. 
My guest is Alan Langer, who is an award-winning author, sales trainer, keynote speaker, and podcast host. His book is The Seven Secrets or the Seven Secrets Center for Sales and Marketing. That's his company. But his book is Seven Secrets to Selling More by Selling Less. And he's a national award-winning best-selling author on Amazon, and he's been featured and interviewed on over 100 podcasts and radio shows. So, Alan, welcome back, and let's talk about body language. Let's get into it. Yeah. So what I would say, if I had to pick one area that, most sales reps and business owners don't even think about, nor are they trained, even the ones that take sales training courses and things like that. It's how to understand body language during a sales conversation and really how to understand body language in normal conversation when you're having a discussion with your kid or your colleague or your friend or whatever. So many people don't pay attention, men especially. Women are a little better at it than men, but they just don't pay attention to the nonverbal signals that are, ha- that are happening in front of them. And that leads to discussions where you wonder what happened. We've mm-hmm. all had a great sales conversation where at the very end, the, the prospect says, okay, I need to think about it. And you're like, what? You're like, well, wait a minute. Why did that happen? Well, it happened somewhere along the line. You said something that they didn't like or they needed, a, they needed more clarification or whatever. They gave you a little piece of body language that you missed. You ignored it. You kept going. And that little seed of mistrust and that little seed of anxiety was planted. And they're never going to move forward because you didn't address it when it happened. Mm-hmm. So when I train body language, I talk about specific facial tells and torso and hands and arms, things that, that, that the body does psychologically from your limbic brain, that if you see these things happen, chances are these things are are occurring in that person's brain, whether they like what you said or whether they didn't like what you said or didn't like what you just did. Uh, The the sales rep or the business owners that, that pay attention to those things and acknowledge them are the ones that are much more successful, not only in selling, but in actually getting better reviews and having people feel like you listened to them and you heard them. Alan, do you think that if you're sensing something, you should say something like, like, gee, I saw you kind of winced a little bit or you seem to frown a little bit. Um, you know, how are you feeling about what I just said? What do you think about that? 100%. I don't know if I would. It really depends on how the conversation's going and the relationship. I don't know if I would point out the specific piece of body language you saw, but what you okay. said at the end there is 100%. You know what? Let me take a pause there for a minute, Patricia. I just I'm, I'm, I want to make sure you're okay with everything I just said. Right. If you say something like that, it kind of makes you makes the customer feel like, oh, they're really paying attention to me, without you saying, hey, I just saw you purse your lips, or I just saw you mm-hmm. scratch the back of your ear. Mm-hmm. Anytime I saw something that was a so, a subtle tell, I would always just say, you know what? Let me just take a pause there for a minute. Take your temperature. How's everything sound right now? And quite mm-hmm. often they'll be a, they'll be appreciative of that and say, you know what? Since you brought that up, I do have a question about what you just said. Mm-hmm. And then it clears the air and it takes care of what whatever that was that popped in their brain that made them wince. Or again, one of my favorites is is pursing their lips. A, a, a pursed lip. If you ignore someone pursing their lips, you're never going to make a sale. It's almost mm-hmm. it's the most subtle thing that can happen. But when somebody purses their lips, they don't like what they just heard or saw. And if you ignore it, it's incredibly rare that you're going to get that back to the point where they're going to say yes. I think another so one is I saw someone purse. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, anytime I, I saw someone purse their lips, I would always stop and say, so how's everything sound so far? Are you feeling okay? And usually they would, they would say, you know what, now that you mention it, and they would, they would tell yeah. me why they pursed their lips. Another one, too, not quite as subtle is when all of a sudden they cross their arms across their chest. So they're blocking off that whole openness of their body. That one also mm-hmm. I find. Do you find that too? All well, of a sudden. Here's the thing about crossing okay. arms. It's a little bit of a misnomer. Yes, it could mean that. It could mean that they're protecting their vital organs and, and crossing their arms in front of their chest. But it also could mean that they're cold. Hmm. Or you, okay. you, you really, the, the thing about body language is, there are very 
there, there are not too many tells that are in and of itself going to say, going to give you the whole story. So, so one of them is pursing lips. Usually if someone purse their lips or furrow their brows, usually that's a, that's not a good sign that, that something's happening. But if someone crosses their arms and there's no other context, I would not jump to conclusions on that right away. I would look at the rest of their body. Like if they're standing, what are their legs are doing? Like if they cross their arms and their feet are solid on the floor and not crossed, that means they're in protection mode. But if they cross their arms and they put one foot over the other, like a very casual lean against the counter kind of stance, mm-hmm. that means they're actually very comfortable. And that's how they just stand with their arms crossed. So you got to put some of these, some of these things that you see into the context of what the rest of the body is doing. Yeah, interesting. So got to be careful with the crossing, crossing of the arms. And there's a whole study of this with neuro-linguistic programming, correct? With NLP yes. in terms of really matching mm-hmm. body language. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's so many books. Um, I mean, there's hundreds of books on it, and and one of my favorites, Joe Navarro, uh, the former FBI yes. Yes. interviewer, um, has two yeah. books on body language, and and he kind of breaks it down really, really well. But what I what I I rarely find is, you know, you can buy a book on body language, but I like to talk about body language within a selling situation or within mm-hmm. a situation where you're trying to convince someone or, or uh, negotiate with someone what to look for. And the other thing to keep in mind, and this is where most people completely don't even pay attention to, is what, what is your own body doing? Mm-hmm. Now, body language, mm-hmm. body language is, you're not supposed to think about it, but you can do some certain things yourself that will make the person feel like you're much more engaged and you're listening. For example, when you're sitting at a table with someone, lean in, don't lean back. Right. You know, uh, literally something yeah. as small as that can affect how they feel about you. That could, that if you lean back from them and kind of put your hands casually behind your back or cross your arms, they can feel like you're a little disinterested or that you're above them. When you lean in, cross your hands on the table and, 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 and are closer to them, they're going to feel like you are really interested in them. Th- things like that. Yeah. They really make a difference. A little off the subject on this, but you know, when you are, selling and when you're watching this you're watching body language and you're listening what do you say to to people you work with who are in sales brilliant that's what they're doing all day long and they get a lot of rejection you know or their their feelings get hurt how do you keep going alan you know when you have a lot of rejection what do you say because it's it's going to happen and some salespeople Mm -hmm. are more sensitive than others no, you might think, well, gee, if you're really yeah. that sensitive, you shouldn't be in sales. But sometimes it's even better if you're sensitive when you're in sales because you pick up on the cues. But how do you help right. prevent burnout? Well, the, the top personality in sales of the most successful salespeople are the introverts who are empathetic. Empathy is the number one um, mm-hmm. emotion that you need to have to be a good salesperson. But it's a really great question, Patricia, because... You're right. Salespeople, especially commission-only salespeople, when if they don't sell, they don't eat. You, it's very hard to to go into that appointment when you when you're O for your last seven, and not worry about making this sale. You know, just yeah. like I'm here to help this person. It's hard to do that psychologically. Yeah. But here's what I tell people to try to think about more more often than not. You want to think about your whole body of work rather than what's coming up next, mm. because at the end of the day, you're probably going to get where, if you just keep doing what you're doing, your numbers that, let's say your numbers at the end of the month are going to be where you are. That doesn't, that ne- doesn't necessarily mean that because you're having a bad week, your month is going to be bad. So look at your overall picture and don't let the, um, you know, don't miss the forest for the trees. You know, you think about the forest because if you concentrate too much on each individual like a result, you're kind of going to drive yourself crazy because just know that you, if you're doing the right things and you're doing them consistently and, and, and you're getting good conversations and people are feeling good about you, it will happen. Um, you just could, you just could have it. You be, could be having a bad week, but don't get over. Like when I first started in sales, I would live and die from every appointment. Mm. And, and one of the first things my boss told me he goes, you can't do that. You'll burn out within, within a year. 
Mm-hmm. Let it go. You just did. Always think about your appointment. Think about what you just did and whether it was a sale or not. Think about what went well. Think about what didn't went well, what didn't go well. Think about body language. Think about some things that you can improve on. Then forget about it. It's like the closer in baseball. You blow a save, come back, get ready for the next one. Mm-hmm. And if you do that consistently, you have that mindset, you'll, you'll be successful in your overall body of work is what you want to look at. That's very good advice. Is yeah, and 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 also not taking it personally, which is hard to do, as you said, when you have to eat, right? That that's the challenging yeah, part. Absolutely, yep. Sounds and you know, there's, there's so much bad sales training and sales advice out there that you get some of these people who are just starting in sales, and they get they get this, or or they get corporate training, which is the worst sales training because it's basically product training. So. Now they're they're trying to follow these things that they're trained, and it and it turns them into a twenty five percent closer, and that's not if you if you sell two out of ten people, that's not going to make you feel good. You're not going to feel like a successful person. So that's the other problem out there is like most of the sales training, especially corporate sales training, is broken, and it teaches people to, you know, close at twenty to twenty five percent. And also, on top of it, you feel crappy about yourself. Yeah. And, and too, I think now more sales trading is doing more about the emotional intelligence. That's coming into play more than just IQ and, and skill. Yeah, because as you said, I mean, look at that big sale you got uh, six months later because you helped somebody without trying to sell. And that's so there's right. where the empathy comes in. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Alan about... You know, the customer that you have or the client you have that's really difficult, what do you do about this? Do you keep trying? Do you finally say, I've had it? Do you try to work and understand their personality? What do you do? And so Alan's going to share that with us next. My guest is Alan Langer, who's an award-winning author, sales trainer, keynote speaker, and podcast host. His book is The Seven Secrets to Selling More by Selling Less, and his company is The Seven Secrets Center for Sales and Marketing, and it's allanger.com, A-L-L-A-N-G-E-R.com. All right, folks, stay tuned. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, and we will be right back. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Glow and Tell is the new provocative podcast from beauty expert, spa owner, and product junkie, Carolyn Holdsworth. The Southern-raised entrepreneur will share her unvarnished opinions on self-care and all things that are meant to glow, inside and out. Carolyn will be joined by guest experts who will go deep, and listeners will discover and discuss plenty about what they see and feel in the mirror each day. Questions and answers will wrap each podcast with no topics out of bounds. Don't miss Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holtzworth, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you ever have an off day? Or is your life positive and uplifting? Making Life Brighter is a forum for positive, inspired, and contemplative thought, showcasing experts in their fields, including authors, musicians, and artists. Your host, Winifred Adams, will bring to life topics to stimulate and make your life brighter. We want to hear from you. Be sure to tune in Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You 
are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back. And my guest is Alan Langer. Uh, His book is The Seven Secrets to Selling More by Selling Less, and it's a national award-winning best-selling book on Amazon. Alan has been featured and interviewed on over 100 podcasts and radio shows. He's an award-winning author, sales trainer, keynote speaker, and podcast host. And he also works with individuals and businesses of all sizes to help them increase their sales significantly and talks about body language and pricing and writing proposals. So welcome back, Alan. All right. What do you I do am with the so difficult? glad to be here. Let's keep going. <laughs> All right. What do you do with the tough customer, the really difficult customer? <laughs> well, let me start at the beginning with this one because it, it, it's a question I do get a lot. And, you know, if we're talking to solopreneurs or even, even sales reps, um, you, you try to learn how to f- recognize a tough customer before they become a tough customer or before they become a customer at all. And there are certain tells and it just takes some experience to do this, but there are certain things that a, that a prospect will say during a sales conversation that will make you scratch your head or make you feel a little weird. And it's just because that they're, they're, they're giving you a a verbal tell or a little hint that they're not going to be easy to deal with. And like, Mm -hmm. for example, uh, just from my, my Anderson window days and my construction days, um, when a customer would say to me, I've fired other contractors in the past, I would then mm. tell them that we weren't the company for them. Because what they're doing, mm. they're basically saying, you know what, I don't take any crap. I'm going to fire you. And I don't want to, you know, that's how this guy is starting the relationship that he's expecting to fire whoever he hires. Uh, he's just not going to be a good customer. Mm. So if, there's, if you're, if, 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 if whatever industry you're in, if there are some certain words or sentences or phrases that will indicate a customer could be difficult to deal with and they say it early on, I would probably move on because Mm -hmm. really once you have a a difficult customer, they're going to suck up so much of your time. Uh, What is it? 80% of your time goes to 20% of your customers and those 20% are the, are the ones that are the pains in the ass. So, you know, you you got to be very, very careful. And it's hard, though, as a salesperson, a business owner, because you want the customer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this no matter what. But at the end of the day, when you've got so much stress because of this customer, um, it's just not worth it. And you, you really want to, as a business owner, you really want to have good, good customers because it makes running your business so much more fun and easy. Alan, what about the customer who starts bad-mouthing other people? Is that also a clue? Absolutely. Yeah. If they start bad-mouthing other people or you'll see that they'll like, you know, they'll try to use other uh, proposals against yours. They'll try to pitch you against each other. You get the nickel and dimer, you know, the person that wants to take you for every, for every dime or like, you know, I'll, I'll do it with you. If you drop, if you drop another $500, don't fall for that stuff. It's just, you know what, if, if people ask me to drop the price, I, I say, I'm sorry, I never drop my price. My price is my price. You're going to get this value. What I can do is I can add an extra 30-minute session with, you know, one of your sales reps, or I'll talk to you for an extra 30 minutes. You know, I'll add something, but I'm never coming down in price. And, again, mm-hmm. it's a hard thing to do because you want to get the customer. Now, you could have a situation where you're talking to someone and the, the, some, the person is really, really nice and they just can't afford your service. But if you break it up into payments, you do something, you know, that's going to be a judgment call on you. You know, I, I do one-on-one coaching and I base my pricing on, on the person's budget. But I do it when I know that they're genuine and they really want help. Right. If I just got someone, I, I, I literally, it, this just happened last week, I had a customer he called me from, uh, I think he lived in Oklahoma, and he wanted me to, to do sales training. And he said he made a phrase, a comment, that he enjoys adding money to the price to try to get extra commission. Like, that's, mm. that's what he said. And I said, I can't train anyone with that mindset. 
and he got really angry at me. I said, I'm sorry, I, if, if you're leading with, I'm going to make as much money as possible and rip people off, I said, I'm not training you. Mm. So, and it was a $10,000 contract. It wasn't, it wasn't something to sniff at, but it was something or to sneeze at. But I, I just knew that if I put myself through eight weeks of that, I would not have enjoyed it, and it would have been doing something that was against my values. And, and so I didn't do it. And if you can stick to that, again, it, things will come back to you in a good way. Mm. What if there's someone who gets a contract like that? Same situation, Alan. But, you know, they're starting out, and th- that $10,000 is something they really need. What do you say to them? Do you say what you just yeah. said? I'm not going to work with you, or do you, or do you kind of just figure out how you can do it? What do you think? I mean, it's a hard one. Again, it's a hard one. It's a judgment call. I mean, if you really need that client, you really need that ten thousand dollars to pay the mortgage. Then, yeah, you're going to have to do it and figure out how to get through that that deal and that client and learn from it and and hopefully get a good recommendation out of it. You know. Everything is a learning experience. Everything is education. Yes. So if you have to do it, and again, we've all been there. We've all sold our souls a little bit to, 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 to pay for something. Just learn from it and don't make a habit Mm -hmm. of it because, you know, part of your journey is to enjoy yourself and enjoy life and enjoy what you're doing for work. And if you can't do that, if you're just stressed out all the time Mm -hmm. or, or you're taking jobs that, that like I, I, I could not sleep if I, if I sold windows and the price came in at ten grand, and and I literally said, okay, Mr. Smith, it's thirteen thousand, just because I wanted to make an extra three hundred dollars, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. And this is what this guy did. Yeah. And he just yeah. raised the price when, once he figured it out. So I don't know. For right. me, you got to you got to be able to sleep at night and 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 exactly. look at your kids and your family member yeah. and and say I, I'm an honorable person. And unfortunately, in the sales world, is not there's that's why the perception of salespeople so bad is because everyone thinks that they're just trying to make a buck for themselves. It's interesting. I just wrote a proposal and I kind of, when you were talking about sort of like pricing and, and understanding, I usually, when I'm doing this, I usually will ask the client like a ballpark, you know, what's in your ballpark. So I'm not too high or too low. And usually they'll tell mm-hmm. me, well, you know, around this point, well, this one didn't. So I, I wrote uh-huh. it. I wrote it, and what I did is I put in the price, and instead of saying, you know, I can be flexible, I said something like, "We can adjust the number of workshops and podcasts depending upon your needs," and I thought that was a good Perfect. way to say it, right? Because otherwise, Perfect. it's like, "Oh, I'll come down in price." I didn't want to say that. No, you you so. can once you give them, you know, we're on a, a, a different topic as far as pricing right now, but once you give the customer the choice, it's, it's them making the choice rather than you right. dropping your pants, as they say, you know, you basically are saying there are some choices here. This is not the thing. This is not the only price. And, right. you know, from a proposal standpoint, you take it one step further and you send them packages rather than saying, here's the one price. Here's, here's my gold package. Here's my silver package. Here's my bronze package. And this is what they each include. Right. And then yeah. I would always, you know, when I, when I send out coaching packages, I would put at the bottom, every package is customizable to your budget and needs. And that's, that's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. And it make, yeah. it becomes their choice to take out a session or add a session um, based on what they can afford rather than me saying, okay, I'll drop my price for the same thing. Right. Right. Which is right. what I did, but they were very specific yeah, in is, what they wanted. So I wrote it, but then I just said, as you said, it's based on your needs. And that's so important. Perfect. Again, again, yep, it's what you're saying is it's about the customer. You're letting them make the choice, not you. Always, so. always. And, and, you know, going back to the, to the customer that you don't want, um, that's where, you know, all these things start to come together, like body language that they're giving you and some of the, the verbal phrases and things that they might say or some of the stories that they tell. Because what I found with, with, with customers that normally are not good customers is they're very, usually fairly arrogant and pretentious. And, and when you get that type of person, you know, and, and that's different from confident. I'd, ra- I'd love to have a confident customer, but when, when you yes. have a customer that comes across as arrogant or pretentious, 
that usually is not a good sign. Nine mm. times out of ten, that's going to be a difficult customer. But they will give away those those little those little hints that that's how they are by simply what they're saying to you because they're gonna they're gonna definitely want to make sure that they know that they're in control. And then when you watch their body language, you got to think to yourself: Is this a person I want to spend the next eight weeks with? Yes. And if the answer is no, don't do it. If you can, again, there are certain times you're going to have to do it, and then you just learn from it. Hmm. Great. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back in our last segment, I'm going to have Alan share some of his secrets. His book is The Seven Secrets to Selling More by Selling Less. So let's see if we can hear some of those secrets to selling more by selling less. Alan Langer is an award-winning author, sales trainer, keynote speaker, and podcast host. He has close to three decades of experience in the world of sales, content marketing, consumer influence, and what he calls the art of inherent human behavior, which is really what we're talking about now. And you can contact him, allanger.com, A-L-L-A-N-G-E-R.com. Stay tuned, folks. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, and we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. As humans, we suffer when we believe we are not good enough. We are taught we must be better, look better, try harder, and achieve more. We cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness. We don't have to live this way. You don't have to live this way. Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance of success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. My guest is Alan Langer, an award-winning author, sales trainer, keynote speaker, and podcast host. And his book is The Seven Secrets to Selling More by Selling Less. So welcome back, Alan. We want to hear some of those secrets. <laughs> ah, well, you know what? One of the, one of the best things that, that you can do as a salesperson or a business owner, and you hear a lot about this these days, but I, I've been doing it for years, is, is storytelling. And what does that mean? That's one of my secrets is storytelling. Well, what storytelling means is, is there's a few things you can do here. I like to concentrate on two of them. One is using analogies and metaphors. And all that means is and what an analogy is, is you're helping to describe or explain something that may be a little complicated by comparing it to something else. So 
you know, the most famous analogy in the history of analogies is Forrest Gump, who said what? Life is like a box of chocolate. That's an analogy. You never know what you're going to get. Life is like, so an analogy is something is like something else. So when I was selling windows, I would say, instead of saying, here's a good example, instead of saying your furnace in your basement is working hard to keep your house warm, I would say your furnace in your basement is like an old tired dinosaur that's sweating every night trying to keep (laughs) your house at 70 degrees. What did Uh, you think about when I said that? You you pictured an old fatty dinosaur in your basement, right? Yeah. Trying to work. That story, instead of saying your furnace is working hard, which doesn't elicit any type of emotion, but an old tired dinosaur in your basement elicits emotion and elicits an image. So if you can do that, let's say you, you know, you sell something technical like a furnace or like a, I don't know, roof, your roof is, you know, if you use these shingles, your roof will be in like a nice warm blanket covering your house is much better than saying these roofing shingles are really good. So try to use analogies. Metaphors are simply, instead of saying like, you say something is something else. Like Shakespeare said, life is a stage. He didn't say life is like a stage. He said life is a stage. We're always performing. So when in the contracting world, I would say, you know, the world of contracting is a murky pond filled with a lot of bad fish. You mm-hmm. want to be the clear pond with that only has a few fish. There's a story. There's images. You're going to remember me because I remembered. The, instead of just saying, there's a lot of bad contractors out there. That doesn't elicit any any images. So that's number one: analogies and metaphors. And number two, this also can be critical: is is how do you shape your product or service uh, into the context of a story? So everything. If you give an item, an inanimate object, or a service a context of a story, it becomes more memorable, becomes more valuable. You know, the, a baseball is just a baseball until Mickey Mantle hit it over the center field fence in a World Series game. Now it has a story behind it. The horse Paul Revere rode was just a horse until he rode it to warn the British, to warn us that the British were coming. That horse becomes more valuable. So here's an example. I'll give you an example of, of in the contracting industry, let's say you were selling a fence, okay? Situation or scenario number one, the typical fence salesman comes in and says, hi, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, we sell three different types of fences. One's blockade, one's vinyl, one's chain link. The blockade comes in pine and oak, and the vinyl ones come in four different colors. They do this, they do that, and they're anywhere from $8 to $40 a lineal foot. Typical salesperson, right? Mm. How about the next guy comes in and says, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, why do you want a fence? Mm. Now he gets some information. Now he gets some information. And they say, well, we have a two-year-old toddler that we want to make sure she stays in the backyard because there's a dog, a shepherd that lives next door, and we just want to make sure, you know, the shepherd stays in his yard. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, Mr. and Mrs. Smith? I just sold the stockade fence right around the corner from here. And they actually got the fence because they had a new puppy. And next door to them was a 200-pound Rottweiler. And this Rottweiler tried to get through this really little chain-link fence that they had up there. And they were really nervous that the Rottweiler was going to kill their puppy. So we put up this beautiful stockade fence. And now that 200-pound Rottweiler slams against that fence and it doesn't move and their puppy's safe. Mm. Who are you buying the fence from? You're buying the fence from the guy who told the story about his fence, not the guy who told the specs about his fence. If you can tell because, a story about your product or service, right. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna sell a lot more. Because the first thing when you when you said that, you know, and you gave me the choices, I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know which of the fence I want. You know, do we really know right. when you give me these choices? I'm not sure. Right. 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 And and the story, I mean Obviously, that that'll, that segues into, well, what do you do as a salesperson to even, you got to find out what fence they need. You know, just going in and talking about fences has, you don't know, you, didn't, you don't even know why you're there. Why are you there? Exactly. So you ask open-ended questions to find out why you're there. Then they feel understood and then they feel heard. And then you tell a story about your fence. And now they're so excited and they feel like you understand them. Now they're going to give you permission to sell them. 
Absolutely. All right, Alan, we're just about at the end. So I'd like you to just, what's, what are your closing thoughts? What's your message for our listeners about, you know, selling without selling, about being successful at selling? I would say change your mindset, you know, go into appointments uh, with really the, the uh, two things, not only change your mindset, but first of all, find something to sell that you really enjoy and that you think are going to change people's lives or change their businesses for success. So find something that you enjoy and that you can actually feel good about selling. Don't sell something you don't like or that you don't believe in. You're just not going to, you're going to give yourself an ulcer doing that. And then lead with helping. Just go into those appointments and say, I'm, 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 I am going to help you fix your business. I'm going to help you take care of your problem. You know, lead with the problem that you solve and not your product and you'll sell a lot more. So, so that, that's would be you know, sort of like a three prong thing. Find something you really love to sell that, you know, it's going to make an impact lead with helping with a helping mindset. And then instead of going in and talking about your product, Find out what the problem is first before you get to the product. Thank you, Alan. This was delightful and, and inspirational and informational. And anybody who's doing any kind of influencing and selling needs to listen to this. Thank you so much for being on the program. My pleasure, Patricia. Thanks again. I'll do it anytime. Great. All right. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. You can find me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. If you're thinking about doing your own podcast, uh, I've interviewed about 5,000 people in my career and I'd love to help you. So again, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. And you can get a copy of my newsletter by writing to me as well and seeing all these incredible guests I have on each week. All right. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next week, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.